1: Jessica Simpson. Ashley Simpson right here on the VIP. Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. To take a peek into the lives of the Simpsons systems, Jessica and Ashley.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Jolie. You know what I was thinking the other day? What? That I find our listeners irresistible. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't get enough of them. No. I know I shouldn't, but it's really hard to resist, you know? Right. Anyway, (laughs) sorry, you can all stop cringing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is our review of the Irresistible Album and Era from Miss Jessica Simpson. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm so excited to get into this. Yeah. I have way too many thoughts. I hope you guys (laughs) grabbed a snack. Negative thoughts, positive thoughts. There's going to be a wide range. There's, yeah, just a lot to talk about. So irresistible was released on june 5th 2001 here in the united states it was actually released a little earlier in japan on may 25th it debuted at number six on the billboard 200 so even though this album is considered no i don't want to say a failure but it was a disappointing release for columbia and you know all the pressure they put on jessica but debuting top 10 is pretty awesome right and at the end of the day it sold 2 million copies worldwide and was certified gold in the United States. Do you want to start with like overall general thoughts on the album?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. I think this is out of all the albums Jessica made her weakest one but a lot of that is not her fault like I want to say 80% of that isn't her fault it's just that's what the album company wanted her to put out how they wanted her to wear certain things so like and that's something I'm gonna say a lot especially when we go track by track it's like the vocal performance is great but like the production isn't or the lyrics are kind of cheesy I don't know it's just like it didn't seem authentically Jessica to me
0: it's definitely not authentically Jessica yeah I mean she gets a little bit In there, but we'll definitely get more into detail about this. But it really pisses me off how she had her own ideas and then they told her what to do and then they blamed her that it didn't do well. It's like she did what you wanted. Okay, Tommy. Yeah. So just for some background, Jessica began work on this in July 2000 when she did Sweet Kisses. I actually didn't know this. I thought she, she, Sweet Kisses is definitely more her. Right. You can tell that she had more control, but I read that she actually was able to reject some songs on Sweet Kisses that were on the more sexual side. Got it. But this time she decided not to do that and she accepted more control from Tommy Mottola and the label. mm she says in open book I had wanted to do so much with this album But Tommy was picking the most random songs Trying to turn me into a sexpot virgin I had been able to pull off sexy virgin But acting like a woman who loves sex But had never actually done it was a math problem I could not quite figure out I didn't think it would make sense to my fans either Teresa was completely pushed out Meaning Teresa LaBarbera White's, Slowly having less and less say On what worked for me in my album I missed her guidance She was the only person in my life who had the experience And the strength to say no to the
1: and this is from the chapter eyeshadow abs right (laughs) I
0: think so yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) yes I mean I'm sure everyone knows if you're listening
0: to this but they pressured Jessica so much they forced her to lose weight they asked her to lose 15 pounds with sweet kisses and then once she did her first video Tommy was like next time you can have Janet Jackson abs and I mean she Pretty much she got there. I mean, in Irresistible and A Little Bit videos, she's, like, jacked. Yeah. (laughs) You can tell that – I mean, I don't want to, like, dwell too much on her body. That's not what she's about. But, like, you can tell because she's slimmer on newlyweds. Right. And I don't think she was under because they – she said that she got down to 103 and – I don't think she was under 103 in Newlyweds, but I think that with Irresistible, I think she really was working out hard in the gym. Yeah. Because to be that low of a weight, she she wasn't a rail. She had still, like, she still had some curves. Her abs were really muscular looking. And I love that because I don't like that rail thing being promoted to children as this is what's desirable and this is what you have to be. Now, if you're naturally that way and you're not killing yourself to be that way, then yes, amazing like, yeah that, that's fine that's great everybody is beautiful but you know when you think about everything that she was going through to be that way and she really didn't feel that she had to be that buff and sexual so he wanted her to have abs so badly and she felt so much pressure that she had to follow what he was saying that her abs were not coming through as much as she felt that they should have been and so she used to line them with eyeshadow yeah she'd contour her abs yeah and people do that with like boobs to make it look like those are bigger I mean of course the nose I mean the nose is like more believable but when you're dancing for an hour and a half at your concert yeah. and you have eyeshadow on your abs that's gonna come off yeah <laughs> And I just, you know, obviously I feel so bad that she even felt the need to do that. Yeah. But it was probably her worst nightmare to talk about it again. To Have Tommy, like, call her dad and say, why doesn't Jessica have abs? I mean, how sick is that, you know? Yeah.
1: She's a person at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I think they forgot about that.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately.
0: So in January 2001, she was still working on the album and she told Entertainment Weekly... Again, this is very upfront, very forward, very Jessica. I haven't had the success of the other girls. This album is crucial. It's either me staying where I am or taking off to the top. And then the article says maybe that's why Sony Music Concho Tommy Mottola is handpicking every song. Jessica says it's not just me singing about being in love. I also have heartbreak songs and girls telling off guys songs, mm-hmm. says Simpson, which includes a 50 piece orchestra on two tracks. It's actually 60 pieces um, <laughs> I did my research It's going to take me a while to recoup on this album Because we spent a lot of money on it <laughs> I love her. Not that she was a child, but that's such like a little girl thing to say. Be like one or two times I probably blurted out, "Dad, why did Mom spend a hundred dollars on the blah blah?" You know, or something yeah. like that. It's just very like, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna make the money back for this. Like, I, I hope so. <laughs> and I mean, you can tell that they spent a lot of money on it. But I think when someone is being inauthentic, yeah, it's really clear. You can't hide someone not being into it. And God bless Jessica in her performances in the videos. She is giving it her all.
1: Yeah, she's really trying to sell it.
0: Oh my god, they should have been so happy with her. I mean, she couldn't have been working any harder than she was. First of all, like, the whole thing she says about, I don't understand, how am I supposed to be... This woman who loves sex And is super sexual If I'm a virgin Because of course Everyone knew that And obviously They wanted that Because they have no originality And that's what Britney was That's what was so This is gross But like tantalizing About her Is that she was super sexual And everything But because men are disgusting And weird And possessive They want a woman Who's never been with anybody else And it's sexy To not be someone Who gives it up It's, It's trashy To be a woman Who loves sex And has sex all the time It's desirable To be a woman Who loves sex But is holding back and waiting for the right guy I mean the fact that like They even had Britney doing this Is fucked up (laughs) But the fact that they then were like Oh we need another there should be another one I think Tommy probably saw Jessica And he saw her as like a combination Of Britney and Christina Because she can belt out those ballads Where Britney's more of a, a dancer and stuff But they had her doing both Right And when she performs "Irresistible," every single performance I watched, every single one available on the internet, okay, she is singing live and she is dancing the whole time, and that is really hard. As someone who has been in musicals, it is so hard. And the fact that she's dancing like as hard as she's dancing, and yeah. like you can tell that she's working so hard and she's so passionate about it, she's really selling it. Like she's selling the sexy thing, she's selling like the love part of it. She's she's p- Miss Pop Star. Like she's really doing it. You know, she has the long like luscious hair and the belly shirts and I did notice on the Jay Leno one that she was wearing a jacket Mm -hmm. with her belly shirt and pants and I wonder if that day she was just like I can't do it
1: yeah you know you
0: could still see her belly but I think she was just like I need my jacket today guys I just need an extra
1: layer just something to make her feel more comfortable because that's even something I noticed like in some of the music videos it's like her face is barely in the clip it's just like abs and legs and it's just like why why are we doing this
0: there's just such a focus on it. Like, I get it. I get it. Brittany was huge and she was amazing. She is amazing, but that's her thing. Jessica is amazing on her own. It's just so wrong. I hope Tommy felt like an ass when she became famous... For newlyweds And yes she was already famous But when she really came into her own As we've said many times She was so insecure And feeling so bad about herself Before then Because she couldn't be Brittany Or Christina Which nobody was gonna be Not because you can't reach That level of success But because the only two people That are Brittany and Christina Are Brittany and Christina right. <laughs> You can be better than them but You don't be them All she needed to do In the next era Will be really fun to talk about Because all she had to do Is be herself Yeah That's and people it. fell
1: in love with her
0: She was on the couch burping Okay. She was She thought her freaking tuna was chicken Okay Like Think about her trying to be so perfect That she's painting on her abs She's covering herself up Every second that she can Because she's so self-conscious I mean
1: She's on the super strict diet Trying to obtain something That's unobtainable
0: Exactly It's just not fair And I don't point this out In any kind of shady way at all But as I was looking Further on in the era At the end of the year When she got back with Nick and stuff I noticed that she put on weight Which I don't mean in a bad way I'm happy that she put on weight Because like Healthy Yes It just makes me Breathe a sigh of relief Because to me It's not like A representation Of anything being wrong Like oh you put on weight No she just stopped Starving herself You know She still looked amazing She didn't look fat at all She's still skinny You know But she was so skinny That she could gain 15 pounds And still be skinny Yeah (laughs) Because they were pushing her To be so thin So Jessica described Irresistible's material As Mariah Carey Meets Britney Spears Very mature But accessible to teens I could see how It would be more Mariah Than Christina But I think like with her age group I think Tommy just wanted A blonde girl Who right. could sing and dance He probably thought Oh I'm gonna combine them And I'm gonna have The best one of out of them all right. Like I'm gonna make The most money I'm gonna have The most number ones And anything short of that Was a failure And it's insane Because nobody The amount of sales That a Britney was doing Most artists Even most big artists Like household names Don't do those kind of numbers Like it was not A reflection of Jessica It was just Every once in a while Somebody really hits And it's yeah. just like The right time The right place the right team the right look the right sound like it just happens every once in a while you know I probably just sound like a broken record but fuck Tommy Mottola yeah
1: because this is also I think the beginning of the end where it was I'm assuming obviously it was not there but when him and Mariah's relationship started getting rocky because I know it was around like 2003 2004 that that's when like J.Lo started he was intentionally having her like release songs that were similar to I think it's Firecracker by Mariah that J-Lo, uh, that Mariah had sampled another song in mm-hmm. and he purposely had J.Lo use that sample to like compete with Mariah so then it looked like Mariah had copied J.Lo when it was the other way around
0: yeah but um by this point tommy was actually married to talia oh okay he had divorced Mary Carey in 98 and i just had to pull this up because i didn't remember and married talia in 2000 and they're still married god help her so (laughs) talia if you need help i'll pick you up just let me get
1: my car and we did an episode a couple weeks ago ask us what makes we use the-, the video shoot yeah the video shoot so wink wink code word yeah
0: <laughs> so the big thing that happened before this album was released also is that she broke up with nick right in march 2001 because she felt that she had only gotten the opportunity to be with him and she was so much younger than him and she just really felt like she needed to experience other people right for all the comments about her being naive or whatever that is a very mature decision she did kind of have a crush on her choreographer and I think it was really wise of her to instead of fooling around with him and cheating or or even just hanging out, not doing anything but like exploring it or whatever, she made the right decision. She probably realized if I'm even feeling like slight feelings for someone, maybe I'm not ready to devote my whole life to Nick. And she writes in her book about how she kind of knew that he wanted to get married and that she kind of felt like she had to marry him in order to keep him and stuff. And so she was already thinking about marriage. And, you know, also she's from Texas where a lot of women get married younger. And obviously money's not an issue for her and careers. I mean, she's getting pressured to do all these crazy things, but she's still successful. And she probably felt like, okay, I need to either
1: marry him or not, you know? And I think it was really wise of her to take the time off. Yeah, she did an interview with the New York Post and she says, I kept realizing I couldn't become who I wanted to become. I couldn't be independent while depending on him.
0: Again, that's really smart. You know, yeah. she was really introspective at the time. and She realized what was good for her. And honestly, even though the marriage ended up breaking up, I think before anyone gets married, they should probably check in with themselves like that and see, am I enough of a whole person on my own? Like, do I feel confident in myself? yeah. I remember I wanted to move in with my boyfriend so bad from my parents' house, and it ended up not working out for a variety of reasons that we will not detail right now. Um, happy Valentine's Day! But <laughs> sorry, this um, <laughs> is the face you made when you said that. <laughs> I'm fine.
1: Oh my um, goodness.
0: I'm doing great. But no, I am because my point is if I had gone from my parents' house to living with a man, I mean, I'm sure in that dimension of possibility, like I would have been very happy with that too. But – To move out and have your own place that you pay for. And you're not asking your dad for rent or whatever. No shade to anyone who gets help like that. It's fine. But like you're on your own two feet and you're not waiting for your boyfriend or your husband to pay the electric bill or whatever. And you have your own stuff and your own couch and it's yours and you picked it and it's you're on your own two feet you do feel like more of a person like I feel like I had to grow in so many different ways and if I had just gone straight to living with him because he was more successful like he had a really great career and everything and it wouldn't have been a problem at all if he just paid for the rent by himself or whatever like he probably would have done that and I wouldn't have even known the responsibility of having to make sure I get that payment in that sounds probably to a lot of people like a vacation
1: like why wouldn't you want that opportunity (laughs) no but but that's so important for you and your growth as a human
0: it really really is and if things had worked out I would would have just probably moved in with him but Jessica was smart enough to take that moment and be like you know what I need to really focus on myself and she did she focused really hard on herself and her career because you cannot say that this album didn't do well because of lack of promotion yeah oh my god she (laughs) like there's not as much on the internet as I would have liked this is just what I found she must have been so tired too like if she wasn't eating I can't yeah Like I said, Jane Leno, Rosie O'Donnell, Top of the Pops in the UK, Much Music in Canada, the NSYNC show I went to that she opened for them, Ooh, Viva, which there's a show in Germany and in Latin America, they're both called Viva, I don't know which one, but either way she's in another country, Zootopia in New York, Wango Tango, Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve, The Jingle Bell Ball, Macy's 4th of July Fireworks Show, MTV Spring Break in Cancun, then she went on USO tours on Thanksgiving in Bosnia and Christmas in Afghanistan, so Basically, she had no holidays (laughs) to herself. She was promoting or donating her time. I actually saw Jessica during this crazy promotional tear that she was on. This is Leah during the edit because I forgot to mention this when Jolie and I were recording. She's unfortunately not here, but I just wanted to tell this story because the first time I ever saw Jessica live was on the day that Irresistible came out and I just wanted to tell you guys that story. I did mention this in our very first episode, but I wanted to make sure that it was here too, especially because I cannot find absolutely anything about this on the entire internet and I just want to put it out there. If anybody else was there on June 5th, Giant Stadium, the Pop Odyssey Tour, InSync concert where Jessica did a surprise appearance. Please DM us at Ashley and Jessica on Instagram. Actually, if you have any stories, if you've ever seen Jessica live, please DM us. We would love to hear your experiences of seeing her. So what happened was I saw InSync actually two times that week. I went on June 3rd with my Best friend Gina. Hi, Gina. We're still BFFs. The next concert I went to was June 5th with my mom. And on June 3rd, Jessica wasn't there because it was a surprise for her album release. So I can't remember how they announced her. But I was so excited because I love Jessica and no one knew that she was going to perform. This was of course before Twitter and all that stuff so even if there were rumors I would not have known about that and it was just so exciting. The one thing I remember about it besides just the fact that she was awesome is that she was sick at the time. She still sung live. I was really impressed and I really got a sense of her personality, even me being as little as I was. You could really get an idea of who she was by the way that she powered through this performance. It wasn't that long. I think it was maybe a half an hour set or something and she was wearing the headset mic this was at the height of all of this trying to be britney because of tommy mottola's stupid ass guidance and she was coughing during it she was not sounding her best i mean she still sounded good she was a trooper but obviously when you're sick it's really hard to belt like that but you could hear her i remember her coughing and i remember me and my mom looking at each other like oh my goodness like get this girl some tea sit her down on the couch And, you know, it's funny because Ashley now all these years later says about her SNL experience that she wishes she had just said no because her doctors told her you cannot perform vocally. You cannot sing or you might lose your voice forever. You will permanently damage your vocal cords. So instead of canceling the SNL appearance, she performed and she lip synced. And of course, we know what happened. And she says, I wish I had just told them. No, I'm not performing. She's like now I know I can say no and as happy as I am to have this memory of seeing Jessica at the NSYNC concert I really wish that she wasn't forced to work so hard Obviously, we're talking about all of these different appearances that she was making and not having any holidays and not having any Time to herself. I mean, I hope that she did in between all of this have time to herself but if you're literally coughing into the microphone you should be at home resting sleeping, especially because this was the week her album came out. So this was, she probably was working 16 hour days with no breaks. Plus she's barely eating anything because of these stupid ass record label people. So I mean, I kind of wish that she just was able to skip this performance, but it also was a brilliant marketing move on Columbia's part. Because like I said, there were, I think giant stadium fills up to 50,000 people. Now this was before Showtime for Instinct, so it wasn't completely full, but let's say it was even half full. That's exposing 25 to a live performance of Jessica, and that equals sales. So it really was a great idea, especially because it was a surprise. Everybody was really excited. But the thing that will always stick with me is her work ethic. And me realizing even at that young age, wow, she is dedicated enough that she's out here and she's singing through having this terrible cold or whatever she had. And of course now it sounds insane because of coronavirus. It's like would never had. I mean, this kind of situation will probably never happen again, right? But the part I loved even more than just the work ethic and powering through is that she was just so jessica about it now i know her cute personality but at the time i didn't know as much about her and she was just very upfront very honest she said right at the top she was like guys i'm sick and i I think i remember the audience being like oh (laughs) and told us up front what was going on, and she was like, I'm going to try to get through this. And after every song, she kind of would make a little comment like, woo, or she'd be like, okay, got through that one or something like that. Or thank you guys so much for being here with me during this and all that. And she just was able to make fun of herself and the absurdity of the situation. Here I am performing in a stadium full of people and I can barely sing, but it just was... A really great impression of her and I never forgot that even during because over all the years that we're talking about I wasn't always as much of a Jessica stan as I am now to be honest with you not that I ever didn't like her or wasn't interested in her but you know how you just have ebbs and flows with some artists where sometimes you're really keyed into them and sometimes you're not even during eras where I wasn't as focused on what she was doing at the time, I always, anytime she would come up or anybody would mention her, I always would say, oh my gosh, I saw her open for NSYNC and she was sick and she worked her ass off and she was so cute and so down to earth. And it just was something that I never forgot. Every once in a while, somebody makes a really big impression. I don't remember what songs she did aside from Irresistible and I Think I'm In Love. I'm sure we can assume what other songs that she did, but I loved I Think I'm In Love especially. So I was so happy and so excited. And of course, I had seen the Irresistible music video and everything because I was a very loyal TRL watcher. So it was just one of the most exciting, fun things ever. One of my first ever concert experiences So if you were there to DM us, let us know, and now we will get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. I mean, she probably couldn't have a boyfriend anyway. Like, she probably wouldn't have been – I mean, and I know Nick was going on tour with 98 Degrees, too, so – She did say they continued talking, even though they were broken up. They would call each other a lot and stuff like that. So it's nice, I guess, that they still were able to keep in touch. But, I mean, how can you even have a relationship when you're in a different country every other weekend? In a
1: different time zone.
0: Yeah, and even on the days where everyone else in the whole world stops working and slows down and is just with family, you're in Afghanistan. Like, I can't even fathom that like I I mean that's amazing that she did that and I guess w- when your parents and sister travel with you all the time anyway it's probably it's not like she was alone in a tent in Afghanistan with no one around you know what right. I right mean? but still I mean she's 21 yeah she was 21 oh my god I mean she gave this her all and she didn't even want to do the music she was doing she didn't want to have this sexy image yeah so we should probably Talk about her look, which did change.
1: Right, quite a bit. She dyed her hair. It's like almost brown fully. It's like brown, brown, like chunky low lights with some blonde. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it looks
1: good. No, it does look really good on her.
0: She's always very tan. Like I said, she's ripped. And that belly is out almost constantly. Yeah. (laughs) If not her belly, definitely her boobs. If not her boobs, her legs. If not, two out of the three or all three. She talked about in her book how she was very uncomfortable in the irresistible video. There's actually a behind the scenes of this on her VIVO channel from the Dream Chaser tape. She, you can see her with this big robe on, and she mentions that robe in her book. And every moment that she could, like when she wasn't actually being filmed, yeah, she had that robe on. And she actually said that she was freezing when she wasn't, so that people would make sure, like, oh, she, Jessica needs a robe; she's cold. She wasn't. She just <laughs> didn't want to be exposed all day. Aww. Honestly, I'm kind of like Jessica in that I've been a variety of sizes, and even when I. I was on the lower end of a size two And I was really skinny Like I still was like I don't know There's something about my stomach Not that it looked big Or anything like that It was fine Like I look back at pictures And I'm like wow I looked so good But there's just something about it That having your belly out all day On the beach or whatever Even that is kind of I feel self-conscious But if you're just like If you're working and your <laughs> yeah. belly is like, that's just weird. That's just a lot for me, you know? Brittany just normalized it so much because you have to remember she was a dancer. So her whole life she looked like that because she was constantly dancing. It was just more natural for her to be like that. It's just not a standard that everybody should be
1: held to. No, and especially going off what you're saying, like you're saying Brittany was a dancer. So she is, of course, wearing non-restrictive clothing where Jessica for... The first I say leg But she was being told You have to cover up You have to wear vests Over your shirts To try and hide your boobs And now it's like Take it all off Mm -hmm. Hurry up
0: Yeah she went from Performing in the church Where the church elders Would be like Oh you know You're tempting Satan And you know Men are going to Be lustful toward you And now it's The less you wear The better Yeah There's a few Looks from this album That I'm literally Obsessed with And then a few That are horrible But (laughs) one of my Favorite looks That she ever did Was in March She went to the MTV icon janet jackson event Mm -hmm. and she wore it's this tan suede v-neck um mini dress that's kind of like a wrap dress maybe it's different lengths on the bottom and she's wearing a turquoise necklace and i mean she just there's something about too like her hair and makeup is perfect and i honestly think it's one of the most gorgeous Mm -hmm. looks i've ever seen her in then my one of my top top favorite looks from her and i'll post all these so you guys know what the hell i'm talking about was at the Jackie Kennedy White House Years Costume Institute Gala. Ooh. We've posted this before because it comes up a lot. She's wearing that one-shoulder bubblegum, like, pastel, long, flowy, like, almost like she's on a cloud dress. Yeah, And her hair is, like, curled, and she just looks so pretty. That, to me, is what, in that era, a pop star should look like if they're going to a gala or something. Like, it was a very classy, it was very fancy But still young and fun Right when you're doing Jackie Kennedy Like she could have worn a matching set or something You know what I mean? Like she could have worn a gown that looked like something she wore at the White House or whatever But she represented herself and her age group and what she is And it was just beautiful I mean I just think that dress worked so well on her There were a couple like (laughs) Um (laughs) Do you, okay, so do you remember this outfit? Oh, so this is what she wore at Zootopia. It's like a white leather tube top with like brown buckles on it and then like matching pants. You know what I'm talking about, Yeah. Right? And she's just so tan. Like she's dark. Too dark for a white person to be. And her yeah, hair Yeah, it's is definitely like, an
1: aggressive tan. It's
0: too much. <laughs> I'm mad because I'm wondering if Tommy was like, oh, you need a tan when she had already been in the bed for like three hours <laughs> or yeah.
1: something. And her hair is just like really curled and cr- like crazy. It, You could – see the – like, I could envision myself just touching it and you hear the because of how much hairspray is probably in it.
0: Yeah. And I'm not even shading Jessica because I know that she wouldn't have chosen to wear this if she had her own choice of what to wear. You know what I mean? Like, this is not me saying – Ooh, Jessica girl like you blew it. I know that she probably wouldn't wear tight leather costumes and tan herself half to death because yeah during the rest of her career like sometimes she's tan you can tell that she gets a tan in certain episodes of Newlyweds and stuff but it's not like that. It's a healthy glow. It's not brown.
1: It's not yeah slather up some oil and go lay in the bed (sighs) and then come back and jump back in. I can't. There's many cute photo shoots from this era. But there's this one that
0: she did in Movie Line Magazine from 2002. Which she wasn't doing a movie. So I'm not sure why they had her. But I'm happy they did. Because it's this very different photo shoot for her. It's very glamorous. Very high fashion. She's wearing sunglasses and she has this old hollywood hair mm-hmm. and like a black background and it's just very different for her and i love that she got the opportunity to do that because i feel like people just maybe because the album wasn't a huge smash people just weren't she wasn't getting opportunities to really do different things right. and i just i love that for her <laughs> so i actually found this interview that she did with the japanese division of sony music oh wow and it was in japanese so it <laughs> Only you. So I learned Japanese and – no. I actually tried to learn Japanese a while ago because I just randomly became fascinated with Japan and it was very hard. I know like three words. So Google Translate is an amazing tool. (laughs) And so some of this might sound kind of weird because – It's translated by Google, not like a person. She said, This new album is really great. It's a beautiful and fun album with lots of nice elements. (laughs) Like you can tell she didn't she didn't love it. It's a beautiful, fun album with nice elements, you know? Whereas I read on one of our first episodes an interview with her and Nick where she describes her new album in the skin and she describes it in such a thoughtful, interesting way Mm -hmm. because she actually had a say in what went on. Right. She said, There are some of the best pop and up-tempo songs that aren't out of fashion, and then there are more edgy and R&B-flavored up-tempo songs I've never done before. I guarantee you'll be dancing all the time you listen to this album. The previous album only had four up-tempos, but this has eight. That's new for me. Of course, ballads are also included. So they also, they asked her, why didn't she write any songs on Irresistible, whereas she wrote one on Sweet Kisses? Right. Little shade in the question I feel like She said I didn't write a single song this time Because I'm so shy about writing songs A.K.A. because Tommy Matola forced me to sing other songs. Right. She said, it takes a lot of courage to show what you write to others, which, yeah, that's true. But actually, I'm writing a book with my mom next time. It's important to me because it's a book based on a diary I've kept since I was 13 years old. Mm. Hmm. Because I <laughs> share the emotion, deep passion, anguish and thoughts I have experienced with people all over the world. So this book has a deeper meaning than the songs because it's my life. In the lyrics, you can write something like, wow, you're a nice boy. Lang, lang, lang. (laughs) I don't know what that means. But the content of this book is deeper. I started writing songs, but I couldn't find the words I wanted to put in this album. I think it's time to write someday, but it's not the time yet. And, you know, she did end up writing a lot on her future albums. And, of course, that book did get finished, not with Tina, but on her own. Which, no offense, Tina, but she... She got it herself. She yeah. got. She did it. You she know she can handle it. They asked her who does she admire and respect currently mm-hmm. in terms of image, and she said Lauren Hill and Jennifer Lopez. Ooh. She was in this magazine called Complete Woman in two thousand and two, and they asked her what makes her sexy. Which I don't know. Do you have eyes? Like everything? Um. Yeah. But she said my soul and my faith are Aww. what's sexy about me. And that's the thing with her. It's like just let her be herself. Yeah, please just do it In addition to all the crazy promotion that she did for this album Tommy Mottola and the label went all out for her release They actually chartered a yacht off of New York Harbor There's this very fancy place Anyone who's been on FDR Drive knows what I'm talking about It's the New York Water Club And so they rented that out for Jessica's release. And of course they did because they're so proud of it because they Mm. are the ones who've made her do all of these songs that she didn't necessarily want to do. So she wrote about this in her book. So because Nick and her had broken up, she said, When I was asked on the press tour for my album Irresistible, I said I was single, but I was still hopelessly in love with him. I kept telling myself now I could focus on my career. That seems like a very grown up thing to say. And there was a lot to do. On June 4th, Columbia threw me a huge record release party at the Water Club in New York City. I arrived on a yacht and there was a red carpet just for me. Don Lenner and Tommy Mottola were there, flanking me as they gave me a triple platinum record for Sweet Kisses. There were 15 minutes of fireworks and I finally felt like a real star. Mm. By the way, everywhere she goes, people, please be prepared with fireworks.
1: And I red a carpet. Thank you.
0: <laughs> like, some respect. My irresistible album came out and would sell... 120,000 copies the first week, nearly double of what Sweet Kisses did when it debuted. It opened big. I mean, selling 2 million copies worldwide, you know, I haven't sold 2 copies worldwide, so I still find that impressive. Seriously. And on this day These pictures of her have been like really widely circulated She's wearing that bronze really tight dress with the lace up She looks great but again she's like super tan And it's just not the way that we see her at any other point in her life yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? I think that like having been broken up with And also it not being in the digital age Where it takes a second to snap a pic of yourself and send it to your boyfriend He wasn't really seeing her He must When he turned on the TV and saw it Irresistible I mean, he probably blacked out.
1: Yeah, my jaw would have hit the floor. No question about that. He was probably like, god damn, she looks so good. You know what I mean? Especially
0: because it wasn't just, oh, now she has abs. She was growing up. During Sweet Kisses, she looked like more of a young teen. And now she was showing off the curves and just being overtly sexual and stuff. And I mean, he was probably dying. Like, it's just really funny to me to think about. But anyway... (laughs) Do you want to review the tracks? Yes. So it opens with a little ditty called Irresistible. Right. This song was released April 17, 2001. Its peak position on the charts was number 15. And Mm -hmm. it actually won an award. Oh. Thankfully, someone had taste. (laughs) BMI, the company that owns her music, Mm -hmm. gave her a pop music award for this song. I don't know exactly what that means because it didn't say like best pop record or something. It was just pop music award but pretty prestigious for her to to get that so congratulations Jessica. (laughs) You deserved it. It's a great song. I love the song. I think it's fun. It's catchy. We already talked about how some of the lyrics are trash.
1: Right. The only thing I hate is like the robotic auto-tune thing in the background It's like oh at the end. Yeah. yeah, That I feel like I mean it wasn't the whole song thankfully but that I was just kind of like eh but overall like for a first single, like I feel like that was pretty strong.
0: It was super strong. I see what you're saying because that end, like the background, sounds kind of like if that thing from The Grudge sang it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, but I actually, I think her doing the song really elevates it because her vocal performance is so good, and it is really convincing. Like you hear it, and you're like. I'm there with you, girl. Like, I understand. Like, this guy is irresistible. What are we going to do about this? Um, (laughs) And like I said, she really does sell it. But I honestly, despite the the lyrics are just gross. Like, we talked about that, how, you know, it promotes the idea that a woman is supposed to wait and she's supposed to make sure that she's saving herself for the right guy and all that stuff. And I don't like that. But I do relate to, like, the – just that passionate moment of meeting someone and starting to get to know them and you're just like, oh my god. You're just on fire. You're just so into them. Like, yeah. You know, and it's just, you can see that passion. Like, you know that she has felt that because she's been with Nick not – with him. Right. In bed, but you know, she's definitely met someone and had those feelings and like, especially when she's performing it live, she's really like aggressive.
1: Um she gets super into it. She really does.
0: I just I think it's a sexy fun, even romantic in in a way. Song. Yeah. And I, I just love the beat of it. I love singing it. Like, I'm always singing this in the car. <laughs> and I do think it's one of her best songs. It's a, And I, it's a really good lead single. I wish it had been supported by a better album.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: The first single shouldn't be like,
1: the highlight. I feel like you need to start off strong. It should be a teaser for the rest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So something I actually didn't remember was that this song was featured on Lizzie McGuire.
1: Really? Yes,
0: and it was on the Lizzie McGuire soundtrack, but they had to change the lyrics.
1: Oh my goodness. So
0: Ashley at the Orange Bowl. <laughs> so in the real song, Jessica says, when he makes me weak with desire. Mm-hmm. And in the Lizzie McGuire soundtrack,
1: she says, when he makes me want to move closer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I was just trying to hear it in my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's okay. I get it because like it's the Disney Channel. Right. Then they had her say instead
0: of. But I can't stop fanning the fire. I know I'm meant to say no. They replaced that with, but it's time to stop this emotion. Right now I'm going to say no. Okay.
1: Yeah, not great, but again, I get it. It's for the Disney Channel. (laughs) It's time to stop this emotion. Yeah. I
0: can imagine Lizzie's, like, little animated thing, her inner monologue being like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. So this song had a lot of reviews. I don't know. I
1: feel like they were mixed, but more like on the good side. Yeah, I feel like exactly what you're saying. Like it was mixed because the song is good, but it's not 100% true to Jessica. So I feel like that's where people were kind of like, eh.
0: Yeah, and some people really did notice that. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, she's completely changed now. I mean, so there were. I did see a lot of articles like that. Like, oh, she's all grown up and stuff. And I'm like... We didn't meet her when she was 12. Like this isn't an Olsen twin. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like a little shady, but Entertainment Weekly rated the album a D- And then said, like, her chops are great but meaningless with the bombast around her. Yeah,
0: it's like there's too much too much frills. Like, Jessica's, like, no frills. I mean, yeah, she likes fashion and and dressing up and and expensive stuff and things like that. But when it comes to who she is as an artist and her music, she doesn't need auto-tune and these synths. And she doesn't need to
1: be, like, shimmying so hard. Right. She doesn't need to sell herself (laughs) as an artist because she lets her music speak for herself.
0: Yeah, and also, you know what I'm wondering, like... I like the irresistible choreography better than a little bit, which that's, it's such bad choreography. I can't. But in Irresistible, like if they want her to be this hot dancer, they didn't give her this. Hardcore dance. She's basically just posing.
1: Yeah, one
0: after the other. It's not fluid, and I'm not saying that's her because I've seen her dance fluidly in other parts of this era for sure, and even in her first one, she can dance. Is she a Janet? No, that's a dancer, you know. But she never wanted to dance in her music. So like she wanted to sing, you know. And you can see after this, she never has a choreographed dance again that I've seen. Oh, yeah. I don't think ever. But yeah,
1: they just give her kind of like a series of poses. It's weird. Like yeah, it was almost as if like if you've seen the what is it, say my name Destiny Child music video where it's just like one, two, three, <laughs> pose. One, two, three. Like that's kind of what it looks like to me. That is a really good comparison, actually. Thank you.
0: Uh. <laughs> So Chuck Taylor of Billboard, he reviewed it favorably and said it's a sexy up-tempo romp about newfound love that proves Simpsons' pop intuition. I thought that second part was kind of a nice compliment, even though she didn't really have a say in it. But I do think she had good intuition with her music once she started being able to do it. Right. Um. This review from Siobhan Grogan of NME is interesting. It starts off with one word, Britney, period. Yeah. Um, then it says, 21-year-old Jessica Simpson is currently America's most attractive and famous virgin. Originally a gospel singer at the local Baptist church where her father was a youth minister, the young Jessica got her big break performing at the True Love Waits conferences her father would address. Now she happily tells the world's media how she just says no, but luckily she has no qualms about shoving out her chest and pouting for the camera in a belt-sized skirt for the record sleeve or about forgetting most of her clothes for the video or indeed... About releasing irresistible, a breathy tale about Jessica's battle to remain chaste to the delight of lonely men everywhere. She tells us she's weak with desire and knows I'm meant to say no. And all this from a minister's daughter. The mind boggles at how she'd have turned out if she'd spent her teens glugging cider on a street corner.
1: I don't really know what that means. S- glugging cider on a street I corner. Think just kind of like I think what they're trying to say is like just kicking it in Texas and like didn't really go anywhere with her career. Oh, okay. That's how I'm interpreting it anyways. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. I think you're right. Obviously, this was rude, but like this is one of the people who didn't buy it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like she's pointing out, oh, I thought you're this, but why are you pretending to be that? Somebody can be multiple things. Like you actually can be a virgin who's still having sexual feelings that you're not acting on. You still can be like a sexual person without Mm -hmm. having sex. Everybody is different, but it was just too much. Whereas like when Christina did dirty, that's her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes it was a lot it was really intense and in your face but you bought that and now all these years later you can tell like jessica is saying that that wasn't her and Christina's like yeah i stand by it <laughs> you yeah know? it's just when it's really coming from a place of authenticity it's just so
1: much clearer yeah like there's an <clears throat> article i was looking at and i'm just gonna read a couple sentences because it's pretty long but the title is jessica simpson gospel girl gone bad and then it's annoying because it's like if you've been waiting patiently for the past three years, you're finally allowed to have impure thoughts about Dallas pop star export Jessica Simpson, which mm. s- let's stop. Yeah. But then the next paragraph says, but that was the old Jessica Simpson. The new 21-year-old voluptuous version proves you could be sexy without having sex. And then the next paragraph, it says, is she still the Richardson girl who sang in her daddy's choir or... Or is she the temptress who recently appeared on the cover of Maxim magazine? Because this was like early 2003. Calm down. I'm sorry, early 2002. Yeah, calm down. Yeah. So the music video. It's, um,
0: Jessica looks amazing. I feel like this video is, you know how some people say this is before its time? I feel like this is past its time. Yeah. Especially the beginning where the camera's rushing through the buildings. It looks a lot like Spice Up Your Life. Yeah. Which was 1998.
1: As much as I'd love to see just billboards of Jessica plastered everywhere, because that's kind of how it shows it. But it's just—it's supposed to be futuristic, mm-hmm. but the technology, not even just saying it for the current time, but in 2001, just looked outdated.
0: Yeah, and it was just, it had nothing to do with the song. That's no. what bothers me. I don't like when music videos are just a series of watching the... Artist be sexy or mysterious or Whatever I like when there's it doesn't Have to be like literally a step by step Story but something related To the song You know I mean I didn't want a cheesy drama Of her like saying no To some guy after they're making out or something It didn't have to be that but like It's just so not Jessica It's so stupid Oh there's this What I mentioned before She released a videotape Called Dream Chaser And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of clips of it That are on her Vivo channel And there's one Behind the scenes of this video There's behind the scenes Of a little bit There's behind the scenes Of her tour Her recording With Mark Anthony There's a lot of Really really cute things I really want to get the tape I've actually Or the DVD I've never seen it So right now I don't have a DVD player Or a VCR So I'm going to have to Work on that (laughs) Um, In it she said I kind of feel like a comic strip girl come to life I feel like a Bond girl or something I'm going to be in a tunnel climbing the walls like Superwoman And then she says Which I can so relate to this My favorite part of making videos is the food They always have a lot of food on set And that is so true because crab service is literally the best thing in the world It's like a buffet of everything in the world Especially snacks Every healthy snack Every unhealthy snack that you can imagine From everything's really healthy Like bars and stuff To just candy Like literally bowls of M&Ms And chips And graham crackers Like they'll have a s'mores freaking station Everything They'll have a, a huge plate of like a million vegetables and fruits And all these dips and stuff And anytime I'm on set A lot of actors don't eat They're in a situation like Jessica And I'm like can you move because I need to get to the scones. <laughs> I take such full advantage of it every single time. It's so fun because it's just free food. So I completely relate and it really made me kind of heartbroken because I don't know if she could even eat it. And she's like sitting here saying, and then like apparently they had put cupcakes out because her mom was like, oh my gosh, cupcakes. And I'm like, Aww. girl, I hope you had a cupcake. <laughs> I mean, she could have had 20 if she wanted. Seriously,
1: she deserved it.
0: Yeah, so I'm just wondering why was there a swat Team
1: spy theme. Uh. Yeah I and mean, then it's like she was in that like weird digital elevator thing. Yeah. Again, why?
0: (laughs) I, no, I don't, I don't understand it. She did write a little bit about this video shoot in her book. She says, the last day of shooting, we did a rooftop scene on a helipad at night. And I kept saying I was freezing just so I could keep a blanket over me to cover my body. When you're doing a shoot, there's always a hope that you can save it on the last day. I hadn't been happy with any of it. And I blamed myself Mm -hmm. for never quite getting the shot that I envisioned. Midway through the rooftop shoot, I almost walked off the set because I messed up a dance move. My mind was destroyed from exhaustion and those voices started in my head again telling me I was wasting everyone's time. Mm. I mean she's the only good thing about this video. She did an amazing job. Like she's hitting her marks. She's doing her moves. She looks could not look more perfect. We talk about the outfits. Yeah. They're not her but she looks unreal in them. Like she really looks great. My favorite is the jeans and the white top the cut off jeans remember do you remember that trend of like cutting off the waistband of jeans that i feel like mariah started yeah um even though if it was jessica's choice she probably wouldn't have had a crop top i feel like this is the most jessica outfit because it's like jeans you know the real me is a southern girl with levi's on (laughs) those weren't levi's but um close enough yeah and then she has the white one from the tunnel right it's like the white tank top
1: and the skirt that's like, yeah, I can't which, even call it a skirt.
0: By the way, I don't know if they've seen the "Oops, I Did It Again" video. Hmm. Yeah. Like, why did they have to do this so on the nose? You could have done a version of things that Britney did without being like literally copying. It's they did some of this on the album too. I'm like, what the fuck? It's just so it doesn't make sense to me from a marketing perspective. Like, I understand being like, okay, this thing is hot, this thing is popular, so let's do it again. But like you have to make it interesting or original in a way because if this is a copy, why wouldn't I just take the real thing? Right. It's not like Britney was on a break or she wasn't available at this time or she wasn't doing music. If you're trying to get tickets to a concert and you have to choose between the original or the copy, why would you choose the copy? Unless the copy has interesting songs that are similar to what this first person is doing but they have a little bit of an edge they have a little bit of a difference her first album where yeah there are some more Britney songs but then there are songs that really represent who Jessica is like your faith in me and heart of innocence and my wonderful sweet kisses like those songs are all more Jessica and I just feel like if they had just tweaked a few things just let her have some input it still could have been Britney and Christina-esque
1: right without just
0: being like literally this is almost the same outfit that right. we just at least saw. give us a different color something like by the time that jessica did this video britney was already like so far into that era she was on her tour like she was moving on into the next phase if jessica was like you know what i was obsessed with britney and i love what she did and i just wanted to look like her and i thought it would be really cool i would be like fine yeah good that's same (laughs) but but the fact that she was so miserable and the fact that she was hungry makes me so sad because i've had eating issues too throughout my life i know what it feels like to be like Oh my gosh, I'm going to be on camera. Like I better not eat today. Like I better just fast today. Being starving and seeing people eating and seeing the craft services and knowing like I can't. I know how that feels. And just to think about her schedule and like all the pressure she was under. Not having fuel in her body, like that just kills me. Because she said that she was – she said everybody says that I looked amazing. But I couldn't enjoy the compliments because – I saw everyone else eating and I was heating up a piece of turkey with cheese, with Velveeta cheese on top. Yeah. Which they couldn't have gotten her a really healthy like salad or something. Like that sounds disgusting. Velveeta is not healthy. No. It
1: checks out because in that Newlyweds episode, she says to Tina, she's like, no, I had turkey with some melted cheese. Yeah. Why? (laughs) I mean, I'm just, you know what? This was a long time ago. Everything is so completely different. <laughs> she's fine. I mean, she's more than fine. She's she's wonderful. Like, she's doing amazing, but… She just went through a lot, and it's just hard to not only see it, but hear it from her in her own words. Yes.
0: There was somebody on set, though, that gave her some nice compliments and confidence, and she really appreciated him. We didn't talk about him in the Valentine's episode, because this wasn't, like, a relationship, really, but she said, The video's choreographer, my backup dancer, Dan Karate, he called for a break and took me aside. Stop, he said. Look at me. You are incredibly sexy. You have to see that yourself to Mm -hmm. make other people see it. Just feel the way you look and it will come through. I stared into Dan's calming eyes and relaxed. He had been on tour with Britney Spears and was a master at giving artists confidence. I wish I could see what you see, I said. It's crazy that you can't, he said. For the briefest moment, I felt something. A small flicker of what I felt with Nick. But it was there. It was the first time I ever thought there could be a man in my life besides Nick. And then she gets into the problems they were already having and the differences they already had right. that, like, now she can look back and see, like, oh, this was clear from <laughs> that time. But, like, I didn't realize it. And, you know, we've all done that, girl. Hindsight is twenty Don't even worry about it. We have Eric. I mean, you have Eric, but I appreciate him from a distance. <laughs> oh, and I completely forgot about this. The remix
1: with Lil Bow Wow. I wasn't a fan.
0: I need a drink because <laughs> what – I mean I appreciate that they're trying to like expand her audience with hip-hop I guess um Lil Bow Wow is a child on this song I don't know yeah was he 14 at the time I don't know and Jermaine Dupri (laughs) it's really funny because you know the this talking shit is at the beginning of the song she says I don't know what it is and then after he after she says that he says it's the
1: remix (laughs) you know I don't know but it is <laughs> It's a remix Yeah it, That's what I'm saying like, It's just It's bad Especially since like She's 20 something She's talking about this guy She can't resist And le- hey Let's put a literal child His name starts with Lil Yeah <laughs> I just I can't It wasn't
0: a good remix No Especially because at the time If you think about I guess this is a little bit Before then But I mean Lo was iconic With her remixes To the point where She had a whole remix album Called Jade to the LO Which I still bump today <laughs> um, She could have, they could have actually given this a real try, right? Right. And like gotten an artist that was more appropriate for it and have her actually do a video with them, do a whole new thing. Cause I remember, um, I watched this episode. And they have the whole episode of TRL on YouTube. It's her, Destiny's Child, 3LW, and Dream and Eve. They're announcing the TRL tour that she went on. And she briefly, like Carson briefly asks her about the remix and she's like, Yeah, we're just trying something new, like doing a hip hop thing. And I know that she probably didn't have time, but for me, I'm such an all or nothing person. So I either want to, If I'm going to do something, I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, you can probably tell in my detailed account of this (laughs) time that most people have forgotten about. But it's like, I just think it makes her kind of look bad because it's just not a good song. And they kind of tried to put them in the video that you could tell that they didn't film anything new with her. They filmed only them and they put that futuristic thing. It just didn't, it just didn't work. And I'm not surprised at all that this failed the chart. (laughs) So the second single is a song called A Little Bit. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this song?
1: This one I like. I feel like it's a little bit too Britney. But I do like the idea of like her saying, listen, you need to get it together.
0: I love the lyrics.
1: Yeah, like this is this lyrically and vocally, I think is one of her strongest songs on the album, like right behind Irresistible. So I thought it was good that this was the second track on the album. Just like saying like, you need to give, you need to. Put a little bit more in like a little less talking, a little more listening, like things like that. Mm -hmm. Just like you need to reevaluate before I go Mm -hmm. because I will leave.
0: Yes. I've always really loved the song. I think it's so good. And I think even though it is a little Britney and everything – She's almost rapping on this song. Like, she's speaking really fast. And then the rhymes are good. Like I really like the lyrics. It's just, she's very clearly saying. It's, it's so, like, I relate to it too. Because I've said to someone before, like, I just need reassurance in certain areas. All I need is a little. I've said yeah. that. Like, I just, a little bit goes a long way. Like, this song is based on a cliche that's a cliche for a reason. It's like, right. if you give me just a little bit, it'll go so far. I don't know. I just, I love the lyrics. And I think it is a different vocal performance for her. Because she is... Speaking so fast. Right. And then she still gets to belt and do her thing. And, you know, she performed this just as enthusiastically. As irresistible. It's not sex-based. So I felt like she could be more of herself. I don't know if she liked the song more or what. I do think she liked Irresistible, but it just wasn't her as much. I feel like she's more comfortable when she's performing this song.
1: Yeah. But the
0: choreography is really bad. I don't know why, like, I don't know what happened with this choreography, but they just didn't, they did her dirty. No one could have looked good doing this. Britney, literally on her best day, could not have looked good doing <laughs> that. It's just, it's just bad choreography, you know? Right,
1: And it's annoying because, like, this is a song where it was just like, okay, she's kind of adventuring outside, Power ballads But still kind of It's so comfortable To who she is And what she does
0: Yes And one of the other reasons Why I think that This was a better More comfortable song for her Is because mm-hmm. It was produced by Rick Wake And what she said about him was He was the best person to work with And was the inspiration He let me do the vocals I wanted He didn't mm-hmm. give me any instructions To do this or that But he said do it yourself It was a cool approach Producers usually say Okay sing here Sing there But Rick listened to my ideas A concept Yeah
1: <laughs> That's why, like, I this is my biggest issue with this album. That's why I'm, like, it's 80% our label's fault, but, like, not even. It's more so 90, because it's, like, I really wish she would have fought back a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, one, I was not in her position. And, two, it's just when you're kind of – to have that fear of, like, well, if I don't do what they say, this can all be taken away. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I know Christina said about her first album that she was so happy to have a record deal at all. Like, that was her dream. I mean, can you imagine if – they were just like, you know what? You're too opinionated. What are you doing? Right. You know, we can just hire someone. There's someone right behind you at the door and they'll listen to everything we say. I think that they both probably had that fear. And then Christina got out of it faster because she was just very like, I am not doing this on my next album. I know she told them that she just wouldn't do a, sec- a second album if they wouldn't let her work on it. And Jessica got there too. Within the skin, finally. Right. <sighs>
1: But, yeah, just even the quote you read where she was saying, like, she gave them a little bit more control. That's why I'm just, oh, I wish she didn't. But, like, I completely understand why she did.
0: Yeah. So, in the Dream Chaser Mm -hmm. video, she said, It's a fun song, but it has a nice message. It's a song about love. Many people are self-centered when they enter into a romantic relationship, especially boys. So, this is singing to the boy that this love would be deeper if I think about her a little more. Nick. Thank you. (laughs) For once, you called it out. I'm normally the one who's like, fuck you. Um, And then she said... The message for guys behind
1: Little Bit is basically, listen to the girl. It's about a guy who needs to give a little bit more of himself, a little bit more of his time. It's about the love going so much further if the guy would actually be selfless. I think that a lot of women need to hear this song because a lot of women let... Like, guys, just drag them along, you know, and this is kind of putting them in their place. <laughs> She's right. No shade
0: to other women, but, I mean, if, I wish I had a dollar for every time I told my friend, are you insane?
1: Dump him, you know, like, yeah. stop this. Like, <laughs> no reason to stay is a good reason to go.
0: Thank you. That's it. I don't need to, I don't need to elaborate on that. She said it. She said it. Um, so the video. This video makes me mad. <laughs> it was directed by Hype. Williams who Mm -hmm. is one of the best directors in hip-hop history he has worked with every hip-hop artist every r&b artist that you've ever heard of throughout the whole 90s 2000s just look at his list of videos if you don't know what I'm talking about he made a lot of really great videos and this video is so horrible it sucks like I hate to say that about something Jessica did but it's even worse. First of all, can we be a little different from the last video? Like, yeah. why? Why is this the same thing where she's on a green screen, futuristic, weird ass, like, what is she, on a spaceship? Yeah. I don't know where she is. It's not explained because who but cares? But again, trying why? to
1: fit that Brittany oops thing with the space theme.
0: Yeah. I mean, at least with oops, Jive paid for a set. Yeah. And props for her. Thank you, Jive.
1: And an astronaut. I'm not a real one, but... <laughs>
0: and they were like listen
1: <laughs> we have Miss Britney Jean Spears
0: yeah can you get them on set what are they busy doing like um it's just so bad the one thing I like about it is that her outfits are a little bit more Jessica they're very colorful yeah I mean she's still like I think this was one of the major eyeshadow abs moments because in the belly shirt you could see it they look dark they don't look it's not definition they look dark <laughs> I'm just like a
1: god i feel for her i really do it, you know it, it sucks yeah this one i wasn't really impressed with but this is the one i meant more specifically where it's just like abs butt legs <laughs> yeah. like what what's going on here
0: you know what i did like was ashley was in the background pretty clearly and she had on a really cool outfit this black and pink outfit and
1: oh, that was ashley
0: yeah because this video is not in high def
1: yeah on youtube
0: <laughs> um I clearly need to get the Stream Chaser DVD so I can watch it in high def. But what I love is when you see Ashley behind Jessica, Ashley makes these attitude faces when she's dancing and it's everything. (laughs) Like It's so different from what she became with autobiography where, you know, she's like, I'm just like a messy, smelly boy. I don't even do any, I'm whatever. I don't even know. Like all that kind of stuff that she did where she was like, I'm not a girl. I think she was very much like Jessica's the girly girl and I'm the punk boy I'm different girl so this song was performed on mad tv like Mm -hmm. inexplicably I didn't realize that they were doing that but I guess they were trying to be like SNL and have musical guests oh boy it was weird
1: um but it happened
0: it did it I can say that it happened (laughs) oh going back to the video for a minute I posted a screenshot of this on our story that outfit with the sunglasses the beret the American flag top it is the most 2001 thing I've ever seen like I completely looked like this going to, like, a friend's (laughs) birthday party. I don't know if I've ever seen anything more 2001. And so specifically 2001, not 2000. This was 2001. Do you remember how American flags were on everything even before 9-11? Yeah. It was, like, a trend. It would be, like, an American flag but with rhinestones and a patch
1: or something like that like
0: it was just a lot but i do like the more colorful outfits because she does look really cute she did a brand deal with this one for bally total fitness do you remember That's Total right fitness? yeah they handed out a cd single with everyone who got a membership which okay get that promo but they should have just given out the album yeah that would have been better promo for her i feel like something that was weird i thought in 2003 This artist, Rosie Ribbons, who is a singer who was the runner-up on Pop Idol in the United Kingdom. She came out with a song. Not that she was lying, but it wasn't like a cover. It was like her song, basically. Oh, wow. It's really weird. If you haven't seen this, just type into YouTube Rosie Ribbons a little bit. You can watch the video. Her version is weird, um... I mean, I guess it's weird because I've been hearing Jessica's for the past 20 years, but, I mean, her vocal performance isn't even approaching Jessica's, not to compare and shade or whatever, but. I just thought that was weird. Like, they couldn't get her, they couldn't just pay for her to have another song if she wasn't going to write her own song. They're only paying Simon Cowell $3 million per second, so, like, I don't understand. <laughs> right. I've never seen that done before. Like, I haven't seen some other random person doing, like, oops, I did it again or something yeah. like, You know what I mean? It's just... And if, if they do, it's like a very clear cover where it's different. But this was just, it was presented as if it was like her song. It was so weird. So Columbia totally dropped the ball here because they didn't release a third single. Mm-hmm. I hate when labels do this. You shouldn't be worried about getting a hit. I mean, yes, I get that that's a thing. But you should build an artist's repertoire over time. And so like, yeah, people weren't responding to the album like they wish that they would. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there really needed to be a third single joe actually said that they didn't end up doing a third single because of 9-11 which i get that obviously businesses were so affected and i know like show business was really affected movies that came out around that time like people weren't going to the movies and things like that but
1: what would you have wanted to release as jessica's third single <sighs>
0: oh my god i'm gonna scream
1: there you were i was just gonna say that um a little unknown person called mark anthony because not for anything, the lyrics are just one. When- all hope was gone. There you were, as if that wasn't an appropriate thing to say during that time in America.
0: That, I didn't even think of that. That's actually a really good point. But yeah, this pisses me off so bad yeah. that they did not make this a single. Kind of like how they didn't take advantage of Destiny's Child. Yeah. Um, but that's more understandable because when they recorded that, I, I think Destiny's Child was probably they were out, but they weren't huge. The right. way they came with "Say My Name." So, I get that more, but I mean, you are Latin American. I'm sure you know Mark Anthony is everything. God to Latin American people. Yeah. I mean, they could have benefited so much. Like, she would have had so many more fans, especially if they did a push like they did with her and Nick for Where You Are. Like, I know that didn't, again, it wasn't as successful as Tommy wanted, whatever, but like, she could have not become a crossover artist because it's not like she was gonna make a Spanish album.
1: But that's even something I was thinking about with um, this one. First of all, everyone knows Jessica for doing like power ballads. So this still fits in that. So it's like, okay, if you didn't respond well to the first two singles, this one might have grabbed your attention. But also, even if Jessica just added like one verse in Spanish, Mm -hmm. still having it with Mark Anthony, that would have translated really well.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they would have loved it. And I feel like anytime an artist does – Like, an American artist does a song in Spanish. Spanish people really appreciate it. And Latin American people, because it's like, they listen to all this American music, and it's nice to hear their own language that they speak every day, you know? Um, She did I Think I'm In Love With You in Spanish, but she didn't do this. They should have just stayed in the studio a few extra hours and recorded this in Spanish. Yeah. And done a video and all of that. His duet with Jennifer Lopez, before they were even together... So it wasn't like a, oh my God, they're a couple thing. It was the song. They did that song, um, No Miamis. Mm -hmm. And that was number one on the Latin American charts. He's had, I think it's, I looked this up. I think it was like eight number ones on the Latin American charts. And that's not easy. (laughs) Not everyone has that. And I think more than double that top 10 hits on the Latin American charts. It just bothers me because I feel like they just totally missed this opportunity. They dropped the ball. And it didn't have to be this amazing video. They could have just did the two of them in the studio together You know how some videos Are like the people In the studio Yeah Maybe on stage Performing it Or just you know Go to Mark Anthony's mansion And record one of them On the stairs And one of them On the floor like looking up At the other Like it's, this is not hard I'm not a genius Coming up with this yeah. This is easy uh, And it just I mean maybe Mark Didn't have time Or something like that But
1: No I just feel like They just dropped the ball Because like, it's just, like did. I said Like even if they just Did one verse Jessica did one verse In Spanish mm-hmm. Yes you're giving A lot of great ideas But it's like If they just wanted To do the bare minimum and still try and push it. They couldn't even do that.
0: Yeah. Such a big missed opportunity. Like
1: Shame on you, Columbia.
0: We don't <laughs> like you. You didn't realize what you had. You and Nick should go have a dinner together. <laughs> So we have Forever In Your Eyes. This song is co-written by Nick. She said she likes these lyrics most in the album. I love Nick's lyrics because they're so passionate and I'm a passionate woman. She said it's a song with a wonderful concept of seeing a future in the eyes of your partner. And this song is kind of Latin inspired. It has a chord progression similar to "Live in La Vida Loca. Yeah. Did you notice that? I was like, okay, are we just copying every? Like, I don't understand. It's very sensual. Yeah,
1: it's a sexy song with that, but... Without not over right,
0: yeah. Um, I also think this song is kind of mysterious. I feel like it's the sister song to Irresistible because like you're saying like it's the slow sensual version of it instead of
1: the sexual, yeah, version like of shoved it. in your face. Yeah, vocally, I thought this sounded kind of similar to Christina. Oh, that's which, a good point. Yeah. Okay, Rhett Lawrence produced
0: this, mm-hmm. and she said that she finished recording it within two hours of entering the studio. Oh wow! This translation is weird. It says, maybe it was a song that could be sung naturally, but he didn't make me sing messed up, so I love him. I don't know what that really means, but if you can interpret that, DM Mm -hmm. us. So the next one we have is There You Were, which we talked about a little bit, but this song is the one that stuck out most in my head Mm -hmm. when I thought back on this album. I was a little young for Sweet Kisses, so I just didn't remember most of it, but this album I really remembered. I remember putting this into my CD player, (laughs) playing this over and over again. And I remember these songs a lot clearer. And this one is probably the one that I remembered the clearest because I just think it's really it's like it's just such a beautiful, powerful love song. And their voices really go amazing together. They They sound so
1: good. And lyrically, like the song was written so well. Yes. I think it's bold,
0: too, that they allowed Mark to open the song. Like it's Jessica's song. Right. If you think about it, when someone's a feature, they don't sing first. That's kind of like an unwritten rule and I thought that was smart because he's Mark Anthony like at this point he's huge with Latin America plus he had had that big hit I need to know in the U.S. which he had had some other songs that were big in the U.S. but that was the really big yeah. one that I just remember hearing all the time they recorded this in the studio on the same mic which I love when people do that right next to each other and at one point in Dream Chaser it's just for a few seconds but like they take away the music because you know when someone's recording in the studio the music is playing on their headphones. Mm-hmm. So they just play the noise from, like, the room, which is just their voices. The sky and your love
1: me just...
0: I want the full. <laughs> so bad. And this one is very 90s, you know? Like, it's very Mariah. I think if she had released it, it would have been a top 10 hit because they yeah. would have made it a thing.
1: This was, thankfully, authentically Jessica. Like, I really feel like this was the saving grace of the album.
0: Yeah, and I think it's, Like, I like the lyrics, but they're not, it's not like groundbreaking or something, it's classic love song, and that's more Jessica. Yeah, you know, it's like the power of the vocal performance that really makes the song. Jessica said, It's actually really interesting how this came about because a lot of these duets and collabs they're like managers calling each other or labels calling each other. But she said, Mark said he wanted to do a duet with me. We both sang in front of President Clinton, and I sang Oh Holy Night. Mm. When he heard that, he went to my dad and said, I definitely want to work with her. Tommy is a good friend of Mark Anthony, so once Tommy heard that, he realized it would be a good combination. I just love that Mark Anthony came to her. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of people, I mean, he could (laughs) have worked with anyone at the time. Thank you for having me taste, Mark. (laughs) She said, I'm pretty shy about being in the studio with other people. Mark walked in, sat on the couch, and said, let's tell each other a secret. So we exchanged stupid little private things. Then he said... For the next six hours, we are going to be completely in love. Like, we've known each other's lives and secrets for years. I think you can hear our friendship coming through. We really created it together, and I think it has such passion. Yes. Um. The producers on this, they also produced I Want to Love You Forever and Where You Are. So, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what
1: I mean? That's, that definitely checks out. Yeah, because, like, perfect examples when – Jessica's Christmas album when her and Nick did Baby It's Cold Outside It just it sounded cringy This sounds so good Just authentic like it It makes sense when you hear it You're not like what's going on They mixed that so
0: horribly yeah. And for two people that are actually in love A and then B had sung together before I don't know what happened
1: Yeah but thankfully that didn't happen this time Thankfully
0: Thank you, Mark. I mean, he that he had the mind to see her and just be like, you know, he didn't do that with Brittany. He didn't do that with Christina. I mean, to my knowledge, you know, it's – like, Jessica has these little wins that make her unique throughout her beginning of her career here, and it always just makes me feel better. Yeah. Next we have, what's it going to be? Julie just made a face.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, this is, to me, I feel like one of the weakest songs on the album. I feel like the production's really bad.
0: <laughs> so Jessica said <laughs> – It's a song I didn't want to record at first. Oh, okay.
1: Well, there we go.
0: (laughs) I liked the melody, but I was a little surprised at the beginning because the lyric said, are you going to be a dog or a gentleman? Yeah. And the translation says, because it's a little crunchy. So I don't know what, maybe she meant it's just a little weird or something. Yeah. I listened to it over and over again because the record company said, Jessica, this song is really good. So I said, okay. Then I fell in love with it. It's a song I like because it's a fun song that makes me want to sing along. And it's great because it was a song that could appeal to my other voice. Meaning, I guess, more up-tempo. Right. I think the song, for the era. I think the song is good, not great. I, it does get stuck in your head. Yeah. For sure. It's very catchy. But it just doesn't take the narrative of her anywhere. It's... It's not interesting or compelling in any way Whereas like some of her other songs on here Actually are Like there's something about it That I'm like Ooh I want to know what happens there Or I want more And this actually um, More than Britney What this reminds me of Is the Dream album It was all a dream Yeah It really sounds like There's this one song called I Don't Like Anyone On that album And I actually really love that song Have since I was a kid But that one is better And there are a couple other ones on that album That just really sound like this And I didn't care enough to look up the producers or whatever. I don't know if it's the same team or the writers or whatever, but it's just a song. Like, it's fine, you know? Yeah. So next we have a much better song. Yes. When You Told Me You Loved Me. Girl, I wish I could high-five Jessica. She killed this one. This is such a good song. Like, this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. What she said about it was, It's an emotional ballad full of heartache, tears, and sorrow. So if you failed in love, this is a song for you. It's a song I listen to over and over again. When I listened to this song on my headphones in the studio, I thought, God, thank you for giving me this song. It, it's produced by Walter A., who has produced for Mariah and Celine and also has a 60-piece orchestra. This is my favorite ballad on the album. So yeah, there's a 60-piece orchestra and a Spanish guitar. For me, this is very Tony Braxton. Yeah. It's almost like they picked an artist for each song and they were like, okay, this is what we're <laughs> going to yeah. do. I love the progression of the hook. The... Because the lyric is, when you told me you loved me, did you know it would take me the rest of my life to get over the feeling of knowing our dream didn't turn out right? Like if someone told me that was going to be a lyric, I would be like, you're fired. That's just, it's a very long sentence. But the chord progression and the way that she she knows how to control her voice, it's like she's almost walking down a, downstairs yeah. with her voice. And it just, the way that it unfolds, it shouldn't work, but it really does. And she knows what points to go breathy on this song and what moments to be stronger and more in her full chess voice. And this song, unlike what's it going to be, there's an air of mystery here. Like you want to know what happened to this couple. Like, yeah, you can hear the passion in
1: her voice and you're just like, what happened here? Like, I want this to work out. Yeah, this one took my heart, put it in a blunder. And then someone took the blender and ran it over and then scooped up all the bits and then threw it off a, like, 20th floor building. It just – you – I just – listening to this, like, I felt the hurt and I just – it just made me so sad. And I was like, it just – it sounds so good, though. I just wanted to keep listening to it, but I didn't want to be sad.
0: <laughs> yeah. It would definitely be something to listen to if you had some heartbreaking moments going on and you just wanted to sing out and get your emotions yeah. out and cry. <laughs> She said that she was very relieved after she recorded this one Because Walter said to her I love your voice Aww. He um, produced Hero by Mariah So obviously got it. That was a moment <laughs> in time That was a huge song I'm really happy that she got to work with him And she got that validation And that there is a song that is this powerful on this album And that is more Jessica Yeah So next we have Hot Like Fire <laughs> This song, oh my god First of all, again, they completely copied Oops I Did It Again Not that song, the album, I mean Because on that album, there's a few songs that open With conversation Yeah, Two of them are a phone call And then one of them is just her talking with her friends Outside at school or whatever But it's literally like on the phone and I just don't understand why again. But um, my favorite thing, like literally in the world, is the exchange with her. And Ashley's the girl. That's what I was
1: just gonna say. Like I couldn't find anything that confirmed it, but it sounds it's like her. Ashley. It's her for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah. There's also a third voice. I don't know who that is. But Ashley definitely starts off, and she goes, she's all up on that girl, Coop, Coop, <laughs> <laughs> and like. <laughs> okay. anyways he is all up on that girl, Coop, Coop. Oh, oh, yeah. Listen, we've all known a hoe like Coop. Okay. And this is just so, this song is very aggressive.
1: Yeah.
0: I saw people comparing it to Michael Jackson and I was like, what? But then I realized the part when she calls him and he's like, hello. And then she's literally like, she's so angry and her voice gets really rough, almost like manly and heavy, almost animal-like. And I think that's what they're talking about because like Michael, when he would do songs about social issues or the media, or even like in some of his other songs, he would have moments doing this, but later on in his career, he would do like entire songs like this that are just in your face. It doesn't have to sound pretty. It doesn't have to sound perfect. It's more about the emotion. I don't particularly love this song, a lot of people like this song. I'll read after we finish, I'll read the poll results from our Insta story. Okay. But <laughs> Jolie just made a face like <laughs> she ate something that
1: went bad. It just, it, for me personally, this song is so redundant. When I was listening to the intro, I was like, oh, okay, like, where's this gonna go? And then when I wanna say, like, halfway through the song, I was like, all right, I can't wait for this one to be done.
0: I think what they were going for is, again, the album Oops, which came out over a year before this. <laughs> it was past the time to that's, do this. Yeah. Because I love that album. I love the Oops album. I think it's underrated for Britney because I think a lot of people just dismiss it as like, whatever, it's just bubblegum pop. But like, Britney really takes a stance on it. It's really empowering songs. Stronger. What you see is what you get. Don't go knocking on my door. So I'm forgetting another one that's like really powerful, but She's saying in all these songs, I'm my own person. If you mess with me, you're out. I don't want to deal with you. I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I want. And I am not going to give you the time of day if you try to change me or you cheat on me or you're messing with my own personal independence and growth. And I think that they like literally listen to that And
1: they were like, okay, so let's start off with a phone call. Yeah, Um, I just, I don't know who was like, yeah, this should definitely be on the album because I want to talk to them. Yeah. She even covered
0: I Can't Get No Satisfaction. That's what I was, that's what I was thinking about. That's a classic Rolling Stone song. and I love that she brought that to a younger audience, you know, and that is being very defiant. And I think they were like, well, this is the direction that pop girls are going in. You have to be defiant and just, you have to be in charge. And there's such a more Jessica way to do that, especially because she She was in charge. She broke up with Nick. She knew enough to do that. She could have written a song about that. She could have written a song about like, you're too overbearing. You act like I'm this young little baby and I'm not. And I'm going to figure myself out. And then if then when I do figure myself out, I still want to be with you and you're still there. We can maybe have something beautiful here. But for now, like I need to, I need to focus on me. Yeah. Really, you couldn't let her do that. Maybe even just sit down with her. Cause I think Brittany had said that, and I think Christina too, like when they did start writing, it wasn't like they just wrote a song and handed it to the producer and were like, okay, this is what we're doing. They would have conversations with other writers and producers and they'd be like, okay, what's on your mind? What do you yeah. want to write about? What do you think? What's going on in your personal life or whatever? And they couldn't have at least sat down with her and like heard her out. I think that's actually a really interesting story. And it's about this other famous person. They could have used that in
1: promotion. Yeah.
0: And I know uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't run a record label, okay? I know, I know. Um, I mean, I don't think there are any Tommy stands out there <laughs> that are gonna, you know, come for me. But it just seems so obvious now, I guess. Yeah. But at the time, they were just like, "We need to be safe." Brittany did this. Get Ashley in here. We need a voicemail or, yeah. or we need a phone call. <laughs> it's like, I can't.
1: Let's see what is next. Imagination's the next song
0: Oh that's right So this was created by Rodney Jerkins He's done a lot of hits And Jessica never even met him That's what this process was like He just sent her a song And they were like Okay we want this one They bought it And she sang it You know what I mean Like he didn't even work with her in the studio He didn't produce her vocals She said This is probably the song That's the most R&B Basically every song on this album Is called R&B But it has me Questioning what R&B is Like I don't This isn't really that R&B right
1: No it's not
0: Thank you. I, I, it's like, am I crazy? Or, <laughs> no, no, um,
1: definitely not crazy.
0: She says, it's a very cute song. It's R&B style, but the vocals are very pop and the lyrics are also pop. I wish upon a star tonight that you will grant my wish tonight. It's a very fun and youthful R&B track. I feel like they were like, this is R&B, Jessica. You need to tell people this is R&B because yeah. she mentions it like literally four times. <laughs> so this reminds me, This I'm not crazy about the song. It's cute, like she says. It's more Jessica than some of the others. It's very bubblegummy. It's something that I think Jessica would have written in her diary after her first or second date with Nick. Yeah. That feeling of like, oh my gosh, I've dreamed about this for so long. I do like when she says, I can't remember the exact lyric, but she's like questioning if it's real. She's like, this is really happening. I felt that way too. When you're so in love and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in a movie. This is is real. But it's just done in kind of a, I don't want to say immature way, but just you're trying to, with Irresistible, she's this mature, sexy woman. Right, this is almost kind of, I don't want to say childish, but very,
1: like, naive.
0: This would have been good for, like, Hilary Duff. Yeah. You know, on her first or second album. I mean, I would actually say that there's songs on Metamorphosis that are more grown up than
1: this, but that'll be on the Hilary cast. Right. Yeah, this one I just didn't think was that exciting. I just felt like it was too kind of stereotypical, like, early 2000s, like lyrically i think this one's the weakest on the album yeah it's like reminiscent
0: of when i was 13 yeah those kind of crushes where
1: it's like she's 21 <laughs> you know what, like, I mean? what are we doing not your fault Jessica.
0: no i mean nothing is but <laughs> so next we have to fall in love again which was also written by nick and produced by walter a and it also has the 60 piece orchestra mm-hmm. which i'm, I'm happy they at least shelled out money for that yeah that was a great idea <laughs> So she says, it's a beautiful song. The lyrics give hope, which is also beautiful. Sorry if I'm reading this weird. It's the translation. I'm trying to make it make sense. (laughs) It's a song that I hope I can fall in love again after parting with my loved one. I hope that I will overcome the painful and difficult things after parting and fall in love with someone else. I think that kind of content is wonderful because I've never had a song that sang that kind of thing. Every song is about broken hearts and love, but there is no song about the resurrection of love. I think people have hope when they hear this. And the cool thing about the song is there's a jazz breakdown at the end. This was fun because I like jazz. I also like R&B type ballads. So it's nice to have a part that creates that kind of atmosphere with the organ. Really, the organ is the best instrument. So I think the next song is For Your Love. I think this one is a lot better. I think the lyrics in this one are a lot more thought-provoking. Yeah. And like tugging on the heartstrings. I like the concept of being worried. But like... Like I don't know if things are, are going to work out Can I fall in love again Even like can I fall in love with maybe the same person Yeah. Again or can I move on And fall in love again with someone else Because you do feel sometimes like
1: I'm done <laughs> You yeah. know what
0: I mean When you think about it
1: Vocally I feel like this is the strongest song on the album I really, really, really loved this. It just, the message, the production, just everything all together. I feel like this is the strongest vocal performance. I think this is one of the best songs. Uh, there You Were, I would say, is for me number one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But this one's like a close second. It's beautiful. Yeah. It also kind of has the Tony Braxton, like just dramatic heartbreak. Right. But it's not trying too hard. Like it just sounds it's- effortless, which is so important.
0: I agree. <laughs> so next we have For Your Love. Again, like, a lot of people that follow us love this song. And I don't <laughs> Guys, I'm it.
1: confused. <laughs> this
0: song, it's so basic. It's literally like if an alien came to Earth and was trying to, like, write a love
1: song Yeah. based on the most basic understanding of it. They watched, like, one episode of I Love Lucy. And were like, all right, here we go. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> no shade, but the, the lyrics are really uninspired. If you enjoy the song and love it, i'm happy for you it's a jessica song and
1: she's the best but stream the queen
0: exactly um yeah buy in the skin on itunes um (laughs) but i also don't like the whole i could never go on without you thing like i'm just gonna die yeah it's yeah well one thing about the song is that jessica said it reminds her of i'm gonna love you forever which is i don't understand that it's i'm gonna love you forever is so much better it's not comparable
1: yeah um
0: But she said that she was going to sing it at her best friend's wedding. So that's nice. That's cute. Next we have I Never. Which this one sounds like it should be higher up on the album. Like it's right before his eyes on the sparrow and after these two ballads. And it's just kind of like okay. And then this when she was doing more than one song. She performed this along with Irresistible in a little bit. So I'm wondering if this was the third single. Probably. I mean it could have been the fourth I guess. If they did this right. Right. They could have done There You Were, mm-hmm. I Never, and then one of the ballads that we're obsessed with. It, they could have been Forever In Your Eyes, um, To Fall In Love Again, or what's the other one called? His
1: Eyes on the side. When You Told home. Me You oh. Love Me.
0: <laughs> yeah, another ballad for the fifth, Hire Me, Jessica. <laughs> So this is another Ronnie Jerkin song that he just sent her. She also mentions in this description that it's R&B three times. And I, I – what do you think?
1: I, I mean, like it more than Hot Like Fire. It's almost the same song, the lyrics. Right. Vocally, I think it's good. I think it does make sense with, like, the Irresistible a little bit. Like, almost like having them as sister songs. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what they were trying to promote. I like the message of the song where it's like, you're that final warning to that jerky guy. Like, mm-hmm. get it together already. But I just thought it was really redundant.
0: I mean – dark child produced it obviously and he was so hot at the time so i feel like, like i understand what they were trying to do yeah it's not a bad song at all like i think it's a good song especially for this era it's just not and i sing along to it and everything um i think i definitely like i like this album more than you but i think it's because when i was a little girl like i played this over and over again so like yeah for me i have more of the nostalgia aspect did you listen to this like back then no I I was kind of getting that sense because you're reviewing it from like, I'm an adult and this is weird. Um,
1: (laughs) It's not even that. It's just like, (laughs) for me, it's the two things I really focus on when I'm listening to something is vocal performance and lyrics. Like those are my two things that I really kind of zero in on. Mm -hmm. So it's like the chorus on its own repeats through the song. But like, how many of the same lyrics are you really going to repeat again and again and again and again? Mm -hmm.
0: So lastly, we have amazing Thank God they let her do this. Yes. She got some of her real self in here with his eyes on the sparrow. And oh my goodness, is it a good version of it. She brought us to church. She took us to church again. I mean, who would you rather go to church with than Jessica Simpson? No one really. No one. Um, (laughs) What she says is that it's the most memorable song on the album. Correct. Yes. It's the most important song for me and it's a song that reflects me. The content of the song that is when I'm depressed or I lose confidence or I have to overcome trials, I can look up and sing to overcome them. That makes me happy. I can sing because I believe in God. This song is a gospel style song that has more than just my vocal power. It's Royal Road gospel. Mm -hmm. I used a large choir in the song. So I felt like I was back in my roots. It's great to be able to do what I love as a job. And I realized again that it's really nice to be happy. Which that might have been some weird translation. But like compare this to her other descriptions of the songs that are like, it's a really nice song. It's really R&B. It's really fun. You know, And it's R&B. It's really yeah. R&B. Um, <laughs> so Melanie Daniels coordinated the choir of this song. Jessica loves this girl. <laughs> she said, I've never heard a voice as great as hers. She's Mariah's backup singer. But she actually arranged all of Mariah's Christmas albums. Oh, so wow. She's rich. Um, <laughs> it was cool to be able to work with her. She sang my vocals as a guide before I entered the studio, and I thought, hey, how can I sing after she sings? Her voice is a gift from God. She's a really talented person. Oh. Kirsten Kova of Pop Matters said, that Simpson sings it with a depth and passion that is lacking on the rest of the album, which the difference. Yeah. It's someone who's on the other songs. This is a talented singer. This is a talented performer, but she's just doing what she's told. This is her heart, you know? This is what she really is. And it's not that she should have made a whole gospel album or something, but this just, this is so needed. If you were eating very little all day and then you finally get to have a meal and you're like, digging in
1: (laughs) yeah that's what
0: it feels like
1: yeah this one's definitely the most authentically jessica you know it just you could tell she's connected to it not just because it's religious but just the way she performs it i'd really feel like especially with the pacing of the rest of the album this is such a breath of fresh air i'm glad this was the last song because it was kind of unexpected but you're not like oh well this doesn't really fit with the rest because it is the last song
0: and it has so much energy yeah, like It has a better and more powerful energy than most of these songs It's just so uplifting and not even in a religious way Like yes, in a religious way, of course But say you're a complete atheist mm-hmm. This song is uplifting Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? It feels good, it gives you some hope Absolutely <sighs> So that's irresistible <laughs> And I think I'm going to read some of the poll results Yay We love hearing from you guys <laughs> It really is great it's awesome to share how we love them. It's lovely to share that with people. <laughs> okay, so I asked, which song do you prefer? Imagination or what's it going to be? And everyone voted for what's it going to be. <laughs> None were Imagination.
1: Yeah. Strongly agree with that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Favorite song from this album. There were a lot of votes for Hot Like Fire. There were some votes for For Your Love. Interesting. That's great. Like, we love you guys. A few people said Irresistible, which that is probably the strongest Song that made the most sense on this album, right? I mean, in some senses, There You Were is stronger, but for a first single, like this is it's just such an epic pop song,
1: yeah. Because if There You Were was the first single, I would have kind of accepted more love songs, not necessarily ballads, but then if I were to hear, let's say, Irresistible as a second. Single I would have been like wait what's going on
0: mm-hmm. I said pick a song that, Which one do you like better Forever in your eyes got 57% To when you told me you love me 43% I would actually pick when you told me you love me Yeah And then I did hot like fire versus I never 71% said hot like fire 29% said I never I mean I'm the opposite but like It's not even like a passionate thing Where yeah. I'm like this one is better It's like okay um,
1: <laughs> They're fine It's like alright we have different opinions and that's cool
0: Yes um, So I actually asked Did you attend the Dream Chaser tour Or see Jessica live somewhere else During the Irresistible era Reply with your experience No one did um, So this was not an experience That a lot of people had Apparently But if you're listening to this In the future And you did have an experience Feel free to still DM us And yes. write us about it Because we actually would Love to hear the experience Still <laughs> And we probably still Will share it Because We just love talking about All things Jessica All the time So it doesn't really matter Yeah so we also said Columbia dropped the ball. What would you want the next single to be? Right. We got a lot of there you are like people are smart. Um, <laughs> and we got a lot of hot like fire. Like, I get that it they would go in that direction. Mm-hmm. It's not the choice that I would personally make. Right. Andy said forever in your eyes, which I, I can see that too. Like there were a couple votes for that and I I can see that. I mean I stand firmly in the there you were Uh, Stand camp
1: right? But
0: that would also have made sense I don't agree with Hot Like Fire at all They had to do a ballad for the third single like that To me it wouldn't have made sense to again Aggressively be like she's sexy Look at this look at her dance (laughs) You know what I mean just let her stand there with a Microphone which is when She's at her best when she gets to be Herself yes So this critic from all music He gave it 2.5 out of 5 ow And he loved a little bit, but he said the rest of the album was trash, basically. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, None of the songs register as songs. They're just stylish background music.
1: Ouch. That's bad. That's, like, really... That's mean. I know. But
0: I I get it in some way. I think because of her voice, It, it wouldn't register as background to me. But if another singer was singing them, yeah, like, a lot of them are just... Beats that we've heard, concepts that we've heard Again, it didn't advance Jessica It didn't advance any kind of narrative They also said, this is the work of prose So it sounds fine But it lacks a song as strong as I think I'm in love with you to anchor it So it Mm. floats away from memory he's into those up-tempo Jessica singles
1: <laughs> um same
0: yeah exactly like I like that he gave some love to those and I agree is there anything on this album that is as good as I think I'm in love with you no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean it just
1: mm. but it happens you can't want them all
0: yeah I don't need to read more reviews because <laughs> I like you know they're not they're not the nicest reviews so then we have awards um again Jessica's under-nominated but Something I forgot to mention during the Sweet Kisses era. I can't believe none of you dragged me for this because I forgot to mention that Jessica was nominated at the American Music Awards. Oh, wow. You've seen this performance, right? Where she's in the white top and the white pants at the American Music Awards. So she sang I Want to Love You Forever. Mm -hmm. The American Music Awards were held on January 8th, 2001, hosted by Britney and LL Cool J. Casual. I mean, that's a duo if I ever... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this was an Epic American music awards. instinct performed, j-lo performed Love Don't Cost a Thing. Um Pink performed Most Girls, which to this day is like my favorite Pink song. Such a good song. Um there were more epic performers, I just can't remember. Oh, Aerosmith sang Jaded, which I was obsessed with at the time. <laughs> it was everything. And lucky for you guys, it's in full on YouTube. So go watch the American Music Awards Ooh. from two thousand and one. Um, Jessica, I just can't So she killed the performance Mm -hmm. She did it with a massive choir She sang her heart out She was introduced by Backstreet Boys And Casual It's just so like representative of the time It's so 2001 She, you can tell Once she's done with the song She smiles so genuinely And you know that she was nervous This is a big award show And she wasn't nominated at the Grammys And you know what I mean? Like she wanted to really show what she could do And after the bridge She does get some applause Which, Thank you.
1: You know, <laughs> th- thank you, like, Missy
0: Elliott and whoever else was in the audience of 2001, you know, <laughs> Faith Hill. I also just want to point out something else. So this is, this is leading up to what happened with Jessica, but here's a sense of what they were acknowledging at this point. Favorite pop rock album. We have someone named Britney, nominated for Oops. We have this group of guys you might have heard of, NSYNC. Oh, you mean... For No Strings <laughs> Attached. NYS. <laughs> yeah with a star at the beginning
1: yeah um
0: <laughs> yeah they kind of sold 2.4 million copies in their first week of yeah. sales um and then the third nominee was i don't even know what album some album by creed creed one
1: and the word of today is rigged <laughs>
0: <laughs> i can't i mean how much did they pay them for this they couldn't have had more their management couldn't have had more money than fucking
1: insane there's no way humanly possible It's just, I'm in pain. And it's not to say that Creed isn't talented, but, like, all the other nominees were just juggernauts at the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's this movie I love called Without a Paddle (laughs) uh, with Dax, who we've talked about, um, Matthew Lillard and Seth Green. Mm -hmm. Name a better trio, I'll wait. And they're, like, lost in the wilderness. They don't have phones, they don't have anything And they're just trying to survive and they are like hiking up a mountain and then all of a sudden they hear music and it's Creed playing and Dax says, I never thought I'd be so happy to hear Creed. (laughs) And that's how I feel about this win. Um, I think this was complete trash. So Jessica, don't feel bad that you didn't win. No, it's not you. Okay. So she was nominated for Favorite New Pop Rock Artist alongside Macy Gray and Three Doors Down. Three Doors Down won. I can understand if they gave it to Macy Gray. Because, yeah. Like, do you remember how obsessed people were with her? She had a moment where everyone thought she was going to be, like, the next I don't everything. Even, I don't know. Like, Erica Badu or something. You know what I mean? Like, some something like that. It, it didn't end up panning out that way, but her first song was so huge. And I just – why? Like, why? I don't understand. I didn't save the quote. I don't know where I found it, but I did read something, and I'm just paraphrasing where – Jessica said that she was heartbroken. She wanted to win so badly. And, uh, and it just sucks that she doesn't really get nominated for that many awards. So it would have been so amazing for her to get this. But hey, everything happens for a reason. And um, she she won that BMI award, so work. Um, and she was also nominated at the Radio Disney Music Awards and the Teen Choice Awards. So, you know, those are also award shows. Yes. And... I mean The Grammys are trash I could have seen them I mean they They definitely dropped the ball With not nominating I want to love you forever Like that's such a Grammy song But I mean I could have seen them Nominating Irresistible You know Like yeah. for that Like pop single or whatever But the important part Is that she killed the performance And all the biggest people In the industry were there And They saw it So Yeah So then we have this Little showcase That I sent you Yes This is everything yes. <laughs> It's On YouTube, if you want to type in Irresistible Showcase Concert, she performs with her dancers. The first track is I Never. Then she goes into I Think I'm In Love. Then there's a dance break to Baby Got Back. Interesting. Um, Then she sings after this dance, after two fast songs that she had to dance to, and then a dance break to Baby Got Back, she sings I Want to Love You Forever. And I just want to know, who the hell (laughs) decided that and I hope that they were fired. Because are you kidding me? And you can see it in her face. She still performs it flawlessly, obviously. But like when she sings some of the higher notes and the bigger belts, her face for a second, she lets go of the pop star thing. And she just looks done. She's just like, help. Um, And then she barely gets a break. And then she does two more dance songs with, a little bit and irresistible. So, when you see how hard she's working on top of everything else that was going on, <laughs> she did two tours. She did the TRL tour where she did 30 dates with Destiny's Child, Dream, 3LW and Eve. And like I said, this the TRL episode is on in full. Just I haven't watched a whole episode of TRL <laughs> since probably 2001 or 2 or whatever. Um and it was a lot. Like I was transformed and transported. Mm. Um But then she got her first, her tour, her first own tour, her headlining tour, (laughs) Dream Chaser. And there's a video also on YouTube. It's about the opening night of her tour. There's actually two. There's one that's like a behind the scenes where Ashley's in it and everything. I'm going to, I'll probably post that one. And this one is longer. It's like 20 minutes long. And it's her rehearsing and performing at the tour and it's not that good the filming yeah Um, it's kind of like off on it kind of looks like fan footage even though this was clearly like on a show because then they're interviewing her in between and you just see again in this you see how passionate she is and like she has these outfits that she might not feel comfortable in and she's giving it her all she's dancing so hard and she's singing live and she never like it doesn't her vocals are so good like it it just doesn't affect her And in between she's interviewed and it's so, did you see the, this with the interview clips when she's talking about like Corpus Christi and everything? Yes. It's so cute. So she opened the tour in Corpus Christi. We love a tribute to Selena. Mm -hmm. And she said, I really want to start in Texas in Corpus. I don't think too many concerts come through here. For this tour I wanted to go to a lot of markets that pop stars don't usually go to Because I think that these fans have to drive to Dallas or Houston to see a really big show And I kind of wanted to bring it to them What Which, a considerate queen Seriously <laughs> Then this is my favorite part because she just seems so genuinely happy and even with all the stress she was under and everything If she was going through it she didn't show it here And she says I'm really really blessed I have a great record label and a great management team and she says it like real. She doesn't say that in a robot pop star way. I think it's meant to be that I'm where I'm at. I've got my head on straight. I've got my best friends and my family out on the road. And you just have to have people help you keep you level-minded. Mm. When you have that, I think you're blessed even more. So I love my life. <laughs> <laughs> and she just smiles so okay. big and it It's so precious. Now, I knew almost nothing about this tour. I didn't go to it. But it's pretty interesting. The set list is... Hot like fire. I think I'm in love with you. I've got my eyes on you. When you told me you loved me, a little bit. What's it gonna be? Imagination. Final heartbreak. Where you are for your love. His eye is on the sparrow. I believe I can fly. A cover. Oh, cute. I wanna love you forever. I never. And then the encore is irresistible. And I'm just gonna read this straight from Wikipedia because it ha- like it includes everything you need to know, and it's really interesting. I didn't know most of this. The tour was set up on a portable stage called the Extreme Mobile Venue, with a capacity to hold 10,000 people, and ran in mall parking lots. Hmm. The arena featured a 300-foot stadium stage complete with a sound system and lights. Arrangements for concertgoers to bungee jump, climb a rock wall, and go mechanical surfing while the singer was not performing were also provided. (laughs) So this was like a traveling circus. That's really cool, though. It's really cool that they turned it into like a fair. It was like an attraction. It wasn't just a Jessica concert, which... She's enough of an attraction, Columbia, but still kind of fun. Yeah. The venue featured interactive games and exhibits. Exhibits of what? <laughs> um, like, did they have a Van Gogh? I, like, I don't understand what the exhibits were. Uh, it was ported by a nine-foot high ramp for extreme motorcycle riders. Casual. So, you know, in case you're you're in fourth grade and your older brother is an extreme motorcycle <laughs> rider, he was set.
1: when he went to go see jessica simpson got it
0: (laughs) the tour openers included eden's crush youngstown toya and plus one i only know who the first two are
1: yeah um and
0: then it was choreographed by dan jessica's crush the tour launched in august 2001 and ran until october so oh wow this was a really dramatic time because 9-11 happened, but also, as we know, Nick and Jessica got back together
1: yeah. during that
0: time. So the ticket prices ranged between $29.99 and $39.99. I miss those days so much. <laughs> um, uh, Jessica said, it was a fun tour. It was like a preparation for me. It was one of those things where I just wanted to go out and meet all my fans. I think that's a good way of putting it like it was a preparation it wasn't what she entirely wanted
1: yeah but it
0: was good for her to get out there and be the headliner and have a fair
1: in a parking lot um it's like an interesting way to do it I guess that's fun though because like let's say the line's really long and it mean I know they have time limits for like meet and greets but it's just like oh well let me go bungee jumping <laughs> It's
0: cool. then... like, yeah because you could also have somebody like I don't know if they had seats Or what? But, like, even if they didn't have seats, you could have somebody save your spot. If you're with a group of friends, you can have someone save your spot and go do something and come back. Yeah.
1: Or even if there's someone, like, let's say a mom's taking her daughter but, like, can't leave the son by himself. It's like, okay, well, just go do that. It's not a bad idea, to be honest with you.
0: I wonder if any of these other artists did that or anything like that. I've never really heard of anything like that because – I mean, even if – I guess if you have a venue, the parking lots are huge. You could potentially do something in the parking lot, you know? Yeah. So – The last major thing that I want to mention from this era is that Jessica, of course, is so kind. She gave her time over Thanksgiving and Christmas to be with the troops overseas in Bosnia and Afghanistan. That's terrifying. I wouldn't want to go to Afghanistan now, but in 2003? Yeah. Or or 2001. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. She did go back in 2003 and many other times. So she went during the war. Like, I mean,
1: I, I just can't. Um... Especially as she talks about in her book, like, they told her, like, we're not giving you, like, super special security, like... If you go, you're going
0: Exactly Kathy Griffin also Talked about this In her stand-up And in her book She was very aware Of the real danger she would hear bombs Going off And they would have to like Move camp Because they were like Oh, this area might get invaded We have to yeah. leave And that's crazy they're, you know, they're casual Yeah, I mean They're entertainers And everyone remembers That iconic Those pictures and video Of Marilyn I think everyone has seen that Where the men are just like Going crazy Not in a bad way Like in a happy way They're like, oh my god This was was kind of like reminiscent of that to me and I just love that she was generous enough to give her time like that and to put herself in such a dangerous situation Yeah. by this time she was back with Nick and she was really afraid to die in Afghanistan she wrote in the book how she hugged him a thousand times and there's actually photos of this moment on Getty Images oh. she's really holding on to him and he was like it's fine you know we have the best military in the world they're gonna protect you and it's, it's gonna be fine and She was so scared that she piled up all of her journals and gave them to him. And she said, please don't read them unless I die. Yeah. And that to me was really profound because I think after her cousin passed away, Sarah, they read her journals and she saw that – Jessica saw that Sarah had been praying for her every day and all that kind of stuff. So I think that it was really smart of Jessica to like make sure that Nick knew, I want you to read these. If I'm gone, you know, I want my mom to see it and you to see it and all that kind of stuff. So – Jessica's alive.
1: (laughs) Thank God.
0: (laughs) Thank God. We'll cover later on when Nick and Jessica did a USO tour together because when she got back, she said that she could tell he was really proud of her. And she said, you just have to promise me that you'll do one with me later on. And he said he would. And then he did. He did. did, Thankfully. He kept his word. Yes. She also, there's, look at pictures of the tour because she made a bikini top out of a parachute, (laughs) (laughs) which, We love a creative icon. I mean, it's almost as if she would be skilled at, like, creating clothing or running a label or something. Weird. Yeah. And these pictures on Getty Images, she's, like, (laughs) in the crowd, like, and boy, do these men look happy. I mean, (laughs) best day of their lives. And there's very few – I think she was – kind of taking a break which she obviously deserved after all of the hard work
1: seriously um
0: she was just planning her wedding and being with nick and not doing that much in her career which derek if i'm wrong correct me if there's something big i'm missing from 2002 (laughs) but for me the biggest thing that happened in 2002 of course was nick proposed to her in february and they had their wedding in november and the rest is history i mean that's the irresistible era (laughs) And, you know, Jessica is irresistible. We've been talking about her for, like, six hours now because re- we have recorded two episodes, so. Um, <laughs> it was an accurate song. And overall, like, I love this era more for nostalgia. But, like, I'm looking at it from perspective now. This was just a step. A great way to get to know yourself and a great way to get to know what you want is to know what you don't want.
1: Yeah. You know, and
0: she definitely didn't want this. And you see it throughout the rest of her career when she is sexy, it's a different kind of sexy. I mean, the one time I would say that she was overtly sexual was when she's washing the car in the right in the Boots video, but she herself said, that wasn't me, that was Daisy. And it's true, like, do you see her doing that in the come on over video? No. <laughs> no girl, that's not, <laughs> she's not, she doesn't do that. So yeah, do you have any final thoughts? No, we covered everything. I think we did. <laughs> But I can't wait to get to the In The Skin. That I'm very
1: excited about.
0: Because now we have Jessica. We have the real Jessica. And we get to talk about songs that she really put her heart and soul into. And performances where... Oh, I do want to mention one more thing. Yes. My favorite performance of Irresistible is on Good Morning America in 2003. After... I don't know exactly what happened. There was some kind of thing where she was just like, I'm done with this bullshit and I'm doing it my own way, you know? And she's on there to promote In The Skin. This is in August 2003. It's like right around the time Newlyweds came out. And she does a set of songs and she does Irresistible. And it's so authentic. I posted it on our Instagram a couple months ago. The way that she belts this song, like the end, that last, you're so irresistible. Yeah. She has air in her lungs because she's not dancing to a dance she doesn't want to do and it sounds amazing I mean I always thought her vocals were so good while she was dancing I mean and they were good they were for sure very very good but like it's like I didn't know what I was missing if she could just sing it how she wanted to yeah and you could tell like she does love the song and she's not just performing it because she has to or anything like that and it's like a little bit of a different version and she just basically not stands there but You know she doesn't do like this whole big dance. She's just kind of like performing on the stage. And she's performing as Jessica. Not as I just can't help myself. (laughs) You know what I mean. It's such a good performance. If you haven't seen it. Go to our Instagram. It's the picture where she's wearing a striped black and white shirt. And then swipe over to the video. It's really bad quality. It was on. I found it on like Daily Motion. Buried. But. You found it. I did and the sound is what you need to listen to like sound up it's it's just so I love it you know I kind of want to rip it so I can just listen to it but yeah that's that's a good transition into our next era which will be in the skin first we're going to get back into newlyweds we're going to cover season two so we're excited about that and we're so happy you're here (laughs) you guys are everything and we just really appreciate you we have so much fun doing this We would probably do it if we had, like, five listeners, but now we have six. So,
1: um, (laughs) Um, yeah, but it's just – it's great, and we love you guys. Yeah, we're so thankful that you guys tune in to listen to us every week, or if you're new and you're going to listen to this at some point and you're catching up, hi, like –
0: hi we're so
1: excited you're here dm
0: us (laughs) at ashley and (laughs) jessicast
1: yeah seriously like that's so fun when we're getting messages about like pictures or like memories or things like that or even if you're like oh actually i was listening to this and i remembered this or we love to hear it we love it
0: and we'll (laughs) see you next week with our review of the newlyweds anniversary yes
1: we'll see you next week bye bye
0: Thank you for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. Please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to our podcast and tell all your friends who are just obsessed with Jessica's underrated album. Do you know, we want to hear from them. Follow us on Instagram at Ashley and Jessica cast, on Twitter at Ashley Jessica cast, and send us an email. We want to hear your thoughts on the show. Ashley and Jessica cast at gmail.com.